Lauren Southern is an author and a filmmaker, and some of her views are considered offensive by the neoliberals in charge of everything. For example, she thinks unrestricted illegal immigration probably not that good for your country. And because of that, big tech has decided to make it impossible for her to live in the West. Airbnb has refused to allow her to stay in any of its properties without explaining why. By the way, if you have a felony record, you could probably stay at an Airbnb. But now Airbnb has decided to take a close look at Lauren Southern's family. Because her parents are related to her by blood, the genetics are incriminating, and her parents are no longer allowed to stay at Airbnb, a common practice in North Korea. So we reached out to Airbnb and its head of public policy, former Obama official Jay Carney, and Airbnb claimed this was just a mistake. But of course, it wasn't a mistake because they explained that they were doing it because these people are close to Lauren Southern in their email. This is the company, by the way, that banned January 6th defendants. Lauren Southern remains banned by Airbnb. She joins us tonight. Lauren, thanks so much for coming on. Um, so, I mean, what kind of world is it where not just the thought criminal, but the thought criminal's family is banned from spending the night? What is that? There's definitely been a Pandora's box opened in the culture war. I think progressives have realized with the laws we have in place defending civil liberties, they can't quite bring a social credit system in yet, so they've found a way to circumvent it through the corporate class. They can right. just impose a social credit system on us using big tech. Do you think your parents will be allowed to buy food or receive medical care since you're against illegal immigration? In the next few years, who knows, honestly, this is escalating at such a rate I never could have expected. Of course, Airbnb have reversed their decision for now, uh, claiming they are very sorry. But I think we both know the only thing they're sorry for is bad PR and that they were trending on Twitter last night. Well, I mean, and they admitted it in, in their communication to your parents. They said your connection to Lauren Southern makes you ineligible. So I wonder if you were like a convicted armed robber. Would they do this to your parents? Of course, they would well, not even consider it, right? They, they don't even treat the families of Epstein and Maxwell like this, right? right? And what was funny is when they reversed the decision, they claimed in an email to my parents that they had reviewed their appeal. My parents never appealed the decision. So they're attempting to create this phony narrative that it was all a mistake. How do you mistakenly track down an activist's family, mistakenly send them a specific email saying it is because of their relation to me? It makes no sense. They're trying to cover up something nefarious here. And the only reason they aren't continuing to do this to me is because I have a platform and they're testing the waters. If they got away with it this time, they would have kept going. But they miscalculated how woke their market is. This shouldn't surprise us. These are the same people who, who attack entire groups of people on the basis of their genetics. Some groups are innocent, some are guilty. I mean, it's, it's, it's classic Nazi race science. You're implicated by your blood. I mean, that's what Airbnb is saying. Essentially, yes. And I got to say, one of the most disappointing things for me is that it has gotten to this point, yeah. that we've spent so many years having Republicans 
defend cronyism by pretending it is capitalism and then our failsafe, which was supposed to be progressives who are supposed to question the big corporations when they are discriminatory, specifically on blood and genetics. Uh, they're like an ADHD dog that just got distracted by a bone with a pride flag on it and placated entirely. So we're left with just activists on Twitter. Thank goodness your show, you're really holding down the fort for conservatives who want to have their freedoms. But it's, it's just a real shame. Well, yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's not hard. You, you shouldn't punish people's parents for thought crimes. I mean, it, it's like, it, yeah, that, that seems an easy one. Lauren Southern, great to see you tonight. Thank you. Joining me now is Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House and Fox News contributor. Newt, um, just a day after we learned that these secret Chinese donations to um, the University of Delaware skyrocketed after the Biden Institute opened. A source has told Fox News um, just a, a few hours ago that the FBI searched the University of Delaware two times for Biden's classified documents. Your response? Well, I mean, the first question is, if the Biden team, both at the University of Pennsylvania, which got over $62 million from the Chinese communists, and at the University of Delaware, which got at least $26 million from the Chinese communists. Uh, when people like Secretary of State Blinken was being paid a million dollars a year to run the Penn-Biden Center, was that Chinese communist money? Truth is, we don't know, because both those universities, in violation of U.S. law, don't report it, and aren't, their books aren't open, and you can't follow the money. But there's a deeper thing here. This is the most dishonest administration in American history. And we now have, following Afghanistan, a perfect case study and why we need to totally overhaul the Pentagon. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe for one minute anything they say anymore. Uh, the fact that they are so incompetent. Remember, we, we weren't even told about this uh, balloon over uh, Montana until a Montana newspaper published a photograph of it. If they had never published that photograph, we might never have known about the balloon. Now we're being told, oh, this wasn't a surprise. We followed it all the way from Hainan Island. I don't believe that for a second. Or if it's true, then the levels of incompetence inside the Pentagon are even more staggering than you can imagine, because nobody understood whatever somebody understood. Now we have three more devices, and you have the Secretary of Defense saying, truth is, we don't have any idea what they are because they haven't even figured out a model that says only bring them down if you can capture the material. Uh, <laughs> the idea that we're shooting these things out of the sky and then we go, oh, I wonder what that was. And then they wonder why people worry about aliens. I, by the way, I just did a newsletter called The Aliens Among <laughs> Us, just making the point. <laughs> you actually have an a federal department now at the Department of Defense that's assigned to look at aliens and look at alien objects. Uh, and the whole thing is so weird that it's no wonder no American trusts this government, because it either lies, is utterly confused, or is stunningly ignorant. You get to choose which of the three boxes you like more. Well, we learned uh, late today, or earlier today, I should say, that the White House may send Biden out before he leaves for Poland on Monday to talk about the balloons, Newt. But he's just doing that because he's feeling the political heat, correct? He's not doing that for, you know, because well, it's just the right thing to do. He's being why, forced to do that why, if he does it why, at all. Why would you, but, but, Laura, why would you believe anything he says? 
I mean, we were told that he wasn't told until Wednesday of last week that the balloon existed. Then he made the decision to shoot it down. The Defense Department rejected his decision, so he went from being commander-in-chief to suggester-in-chief. Then they finally decided to shoot it down only after it crossed the entire country and ended up off South Carolina. Now, think about that. If, if, it is, if it is in any way true that we knew from the time it left Hainan Island what it was doing, why wasn't it shot down over Alaska? And by the way, what are these other three devices that have now been shot down, and why are we suddenly shooting things down? And if you go back and look at the historical record, how many of these things are there out there that we were never told about? I mean, I think the average American has every right to say the system is totally out of control, it is stunningly dishonest, and its incompetence rivals its dishonesty. Yeah, but most Republicans think you can never cut the defense budget, and you should just, you know, they run away from that conversation. Newt, we got to roll. Great to have you on tonight, as always. Good evening, and welcome to Tucker Carlson's Unhappy Monday. All of a sudden, it seems like Joe Biden is shooting an awful lot of things out of the sky. Have you noticed? It's not your imagination. Last Sunday, of course, the Pentagon took down that enormous Chinese spy balloon after it had already surveilled our entire country from the Aleutian Islands to South Carolina. You thought the trend was over, but no. On Friday, the White House announced that fighter jets had downed an object the size of a car over Alaska. Then on Saturday, an American F-22 shot down another unidentified object over Canada. Then on Sunday, an F-16 took out what the pilot said looked like a flying octagon 20,000 feet over Lake Huron. This apparently was the same object that the Pentagon had dismissed as a radar anomaly the night before as it hovered over Montana. Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale was not convinced. He said it looked very real to him, and apparently he was right. But what was it? What exactly were all three of these objects? As of yesterday, nobody seemed to know. Listen to the commander of NORAD, Air Force General Glenn Van Herc, pointedly say that the U.S. government has not ruled out the possibility of extraterrestrials. Because you still haven't been able to tell us what these things are that we are shooting out of the sky, uh, that raises the question, um, have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? And if so, why? Because that is what everyone is asking us right now. And thanks for the question, Helene. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything. Uh, at this point, we continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with an attempt to identify it. Could be aliens. So here you have three unknown objects in three days. If these things are extraterrestrial, what we're seeing is an alien invasion. And that means at some point they're probably going to demand to be taken to our leader. And what are we going to say then? Uh, this is Kamala Harris. She once dated Montel Williams, but now she runs our country because her boss is senile. Ooh, pretty embarrassing. Thankfully, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Privately, the U.S. government does not believe these things came from another planet. Whatever they are, they were floating, carried along by wind currents. That means they're lighter than air and therefore unable to enter our atmosphere without burning up. They must have come from Earth. In other words, they're what we Earthlings call balloons. Balloons. Heard the word before? What's weird is that no one in charge is willing to say the B word out loud. Watch flack John Kirby refuse to describe the flying octagon over Michigan. 
Can you tell us anything more about this octagonal object? How big was it? We're still trying to assess uh, what what that was. I'm not going to get into a description. I've, I've seen the press reports about what, what it looked like. Um, I, I think we all need to be humble here in, in terms of what our ability is to positively identify stuff from fighter aircraft that are going several hundred miles an hour past essentially, in terms of relative motion, a stationary object um, that was not very big. Um, so we don't know what this exactly looked like. And again, we're still not sure exactly what, what, it, what the purpose of it was or who owned it. Well, he's got a necktie on and he's standing in front of a podium, but is this normal? Is this the way things are supposed to work? We shot these things down, but we have no idea what they were. We don't know where they came from or what they were doing here. That's what he's saying. That's what they're all saying. And maybe that's true. On the other hand, this is the same administration that sabotaged the Nord Stream pipeline, the single biggest act of industrial terrorism in history, and continues to lie about it. So on the other hand, maybe it's not true. NORAD says the U.S. has just readjusted its radar filter. So all of a sudden, we're seeing all these objects in the sky we didn't know were there, flying at altitudes that pose an obvious threat to commercial airliners. Okay. And you should take that seriously, especially because it's just been reported, we cannot confirm this, but you've got to wonder, that at least one of these objects was a National Weather Service balloon. Again, unconfirmed. But if that's true, it would mean the Biden administration used fighter jets to shoot down its own balloon, and we really are becoming Fetterman Nation. Let's hope that's not true. We're starting to suspect it might be. Either way, what we know for certain tonight is that there is chaos in America's domestic airspace. That has never happened before. It's not a good sign. There's chaos on the ground, too, a lot of it. Ten, ten days ago, for example, a train derailed in East Palestine, Ohio. That's about 50 minutes outside Pittsburgh. Apparently, there was some kind of mechanical failure. We still don't have details on what that failure was. Of course, we don't. We do know about 50 cars derailed. At least 10 of them were carrying thousands of gallons of highly dangerous chemicals, including vinyl chloride, which causes cancer. Watch. It started with a thunderous boom, and then a huge plume of thick black smoke that could be seen for miles. This was the moment officials in East Palestine, Ohio, had been planning for. A controlled release of toxic chemicals from several train cars at the site of a derailment, one that has forced thousands from their homes. And all the way around, everybody's frustrated, like to go home. The decision to conduct a controlled release came just days after the train derailed in the rural Ohio community, sparking a massive fire. As the blaze continued to burn through the weekend, concerns quickly escalated. That's because five of the train cars carried the chemical vinyl chloride, an unstable material with the potential to explode, shooting deadly shrapnel up to a mile away and releasing toxic fumes into the air. We don't want to second guess anybody. We got to assume everybody involved was doing their best under a highly stressful situation. But did you see that mushroom cloud? That was caused on purpose. And maybe there's a good reason, again, no second guessing. But what it means is those clouds of toxic smoke flew up and out. And that toxic smoke almost immediately began killing animals. Dead fish washed up on shore. As one hazardous materials specialist put it, we basically nuked a town with chemicals. So then representatives from the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, arrived to restore calm. 
Yes, an EPA spokesman explained, chemicals from the derailed train did enter the local watershed. And yes, they did kill fish. But the drinking water supply remains totally safe. The fish are dead, but go ahead and fill your thermos and brew some coffee. Everything's fine. Now, we don't know if the locals in East Palestine are drinking the water tonight, but we can tell you the Biden administration doesn't seem too concerned about it either way. Donald Trump got over 71% of the vote in the county in the last presidential election. That's not exactly the Democratic Party's core demographic. Fentanyl, toxic waste spill, whatever. They're not our voters. And by the way, what does a chemical spill have to do with climate change? If you can't use it to sell solar panels, it's not really an environmental disaster. That's the rule in Washington. So no one in the Biden administration bothered to issue warnings to communities that might be in the path of those toxic mushroom clouds you saw floating up from the train wreck, because no one cared enough to do that. Pete Buttigieg is the official who's supposed to be in charge of our transportation infrastructure. Technically, he's the transportation secretary. At an appearance today, he seemed to have no idea that there was a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. His real concern, he explained, is that we have too many damn white construction workers in this country. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Yeah, that's the problem, Mayor Pete. Too many white guys in hard hats. Why didn't we realize this before we built all this infrastructure that's now crumbling? It's actually not funny, and future historians will marvel at just how much damage one incompetent narcissist can cause when he's elevated to a serious job, like transportation secretary. Here's a guy who could not, on a bet, who could not at gunpoint change his own tire, who oversees our roads, railways, and airports, all of which are crumbling from mismanagement and neglect. And not just from mismanagement and neglect, but also from actual acts of sabotage. Over the last two years, the FBI has investigated more than 40 cases of rail sabotage in Washington state alone, in one state. Now, a lot of those attacks involve so-called shunt devices. Those are wires stretched between tracks that interfere with the train's electrical signals and cause derailments. In one incident, just before Christmas in 2020, a shunt caused a train to derail in Custer, Washington. That train spilled 30,000 gallons of crude oil and forced locals to evacuate their homes. Well, that's not the environmental disaster that Joe Biden talks about, because, of course, he can't buy solar panels from the Chinese to fix it. But it was, objectively speaking, an act of terrorism. The interesting thing is, very often, in fact, in the majority of cases, people who commit acts of terrorism against infrastructure, whoever they are, are never punished. And the ones who are caught aren't really punished. One woman who tried to destroy trains using a shunt got out of jail after only a year. Oh, so no one's paying any attention and no one really seems to care because what does that have to do with environmental racism and climate? And possibly as a result of that attitude, there are an awful lot of train derailments in this country, many more than you may realize. In the last calendar year, more than a thousand trains went off the tracks in the United States. Well, how's that for a metaphor? Just today, two more trains derailed. One of them was in South Carolina and one was in Texas near Houston. The train near Houston was also carrying hazardous materials, as so many trains are. What's going on here, exactly? We're not even going to guess. 
But we can tell you the chaos is not limited to our rail system. There have also been many recent attacks on our power grid. Very few of those attacks have been widely reported. Last year, there were more than 100 attacks of them in the United States, attacks on our power grid. In North Carolina this winter, for example, nearly 50,000 people lost their power in freezing temperatures when somebody shot up two energy substations. And so on. Why is it not a big story? Oh, it's not a story at all. And of course, at the same time, we've also seen a series of bizarre accidents befalling the food industry, threatening our food supply. That would include unexplained fires and plane crashes and processing plants to chicken feed that seems to stop egg production. Boy, next they'll be coming for the water. Oh, wait, they are. Less than a month into the Biden administration was also a highly sophisticated attack on the water supply outside Tampa. Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Galtieri says a water treatment plant operator first noticed the remote access hack. The bad actor increased the amount of sodium hydroxide or lye in the water supply from 100 parts per million to more than 11,000. For the 15,000 residents of Oldsmar, Florida, the increase of sodium hydroxide in the water supply could have caused vomiting, chest and abdominal pain. This type of activity and this type of hacking of critical infrastructure is not necessarily limited to just water supply systems. It can be anything. Oh, an attack on our water supply. That's weird. I didn't read that in the New York Times. But what's interesting, not to connect the dots or anything, that was not the only attack on our water supply that year. In January 2021, there was a similar effort to poison the water treatment plant that serves the San Francisco Bay Area. An unidentified hacker accessed the facility's computers remotely. According to NBC, quote, after logging in, the hacker deleted programs that the water plant used to treat drinking water. Now, fortunately, in this case, somebody noticed it. The next day, the attack was discovered and those programs were reinstalled, so nobody got poisoned. But they kept trying. There were similar hacks of water treatment facilities in California in August of 2021. There was one in Maine in July of 2021. There was one in Pennsylvania in May of 2021. In Nevada in March, in New Jersey in September of 2020, in Kansas in March of 2019, and so on. So who's looking after our water supply? Water, that's kind of basic. Well, that's the job of the EPA. But what does protecting the water have to do with passing out cash in the name of remediating environmental racism? Oh, nothing! So they're not paying attention. In fact, they're not paying attention to such an extent that even the Washington Post, which is a shill for the administration, if there ever has, was one, pointed out that, quote, for more than two decades, the EPA has not been resourced or organized to secure the nation's water and wastewater sector against physical and cyber threats. Wait a second. So nobody's paying attention to the most critical infrastructure, not the racist roads, but food, water, Energy, transportation infrastructure, food, water, energy, infrastructure. What does that add up to? Oh, that adds up to a country. You can't have a country without those things. And in every single case, whatever the cause, our food, water, energy, and infrastructure are being degraded. Who knows why? If you didn't know anybody, you think there might be a war going on. Why is no one talking about this? Subscribe to the Fox News YouTube channel to catch our nightly opens, stories that are changing the world and changing your life. I'm Tucker Carlson tonight. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I almost forgot. I've been 
I can't believe I almost forgot. What is wrong with me today? Our commander-in-chief, he got up and spoke, really dropping some knowledge out here. People have a problem. They, uh, they've got your number. They knock on your door. Not only you, but your spouses can't go to the grocery store, the gas station, can't show up with a, without, what's the, can you fix my such and such? Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, it's the final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. You can email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I want to get through this really fast because it's depressing and it's horrible, but it's what we, look, let's deal with it. Pandemic youth mental health toll is unprecedented, the data shows. Uh, just a couple tidbits from it. Among girls, 30% considered attempting suicide, double the rate amongst boys, and up almost 60% from a decade ago. It, it goes on to describe really, really terrible things as far as the mental health crisis goes in this country. Now, let's address something here. This is a societal problem. Teenage girls today aren't different than teenage girls were 15 years ago or 500 years ago. They're teenage girls. What has changed is our society. And this is what has changed. We, one, we locked these poor kids who need socialization Kids need it. Human beings need it. I need it. And you know, I'm introvert Jesse. I'm going to finish my show and go watch a documentary by myself. That sounds wonderful. Human beings need socialization. They have to have it. It's a critical part of how God made us. Adam was here and then eventually he, he had God with him every day. The maker of heaven and earth. And eventually Adam said, God, I would love, you know, someone else. It would be nice. Maybe someone else. And then God took one of his ribs and gave him someone annoying who ruined it for everybody. But you understand, human beings are created to socialize, especially teenagers who are growing up. And I had this conversation with one of my sons the other day, and it was a little harsh and direct as I can be, but I was trying to make him feel better. I told him, look, you have to understand, this is the worst time of your life. This period of time in your life. Why? Well, you're a freaking teenager. Your voice is changing. Your body's doing weird things. All of a sudden, you like girls. The girls go from going icky to super pretty, but I'm too unsure of myself to even talk to them. She'll probably laugh at me and think I'm weird. My friends are mocking me in school. I don't understand who I am. It's that time in your life when... Man, you need support structure. You need a family. You need friends, even if there's just one. And instead, we took these girls and we pulled them out of school for a virus that was no danger to them whatsoever. And we told them to hide in home and put on a mask. You're going to die. You're going to kill grandma. You're going to do this. So we did that to these girls. And at the same time in our society, we have as an, an entire society now on the left and the right. I see this all the time that has just decided they're just going to go all in on the I am woman, hear me roar, stuff the glass ceiling. Well, we've been talking about Nikki Haley today. Her rollout, part of her rollout was sometimes it takes a woman. Well, I've got news for you. We've been doing this now for 30 years, 40 years. 
That's that's been the real major. You are a woman. You don't need no man. You don't need a man. Go get you go get it, girl. Are women happier today? I hear all the time. It's a very common thing on the left and the right. People act like this is just history. Maybe you're under this impression, man. Women were treated like cattle back in the 1900s. No, they weren't. Women were treated wonderfully here, especially compared to other parts of the world. No, they weren't. That's a total lie. That's total America-hating, feminist-loving, revisionist history lies. No, they weren't. But you know what we've done as a society? We not only tell these poor young girls, no, you can't see friends. No, you can't see anything. No, go sit on your phone. No, go look at social media at that Instagram model who looks like something you could never look like. So you're lazy and worthless and you're ugly and you're stupid. We not only do that, we tell these girls, you don't need a man. In fact, make sure you get into business school and that way you can be a, you can be a girl boss. You can girl boss your way. You can do anything a man can do. Uh, girls, if you're listening to me right now, no, you can't. That's a lie. Equality is a myth and a lie. You were built different. Men are built different than women, built for a different purpose. Each and every individual is built different. You're not equal. You're not the same. You are uniquely made for a specific purpose in your life. And whatever else it may be, maybe it is. Maybe you're going to be a girl boss one day. That's fine, whatever. But don't believe this society thing that tells all these young girls out there now, that unless you go become independent, you got to be independent. We raise, raise these girls now. I want to be an independent girl. Okay. Can you cook? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that, is that offensive to you? Is that offensive to you? You should know the email address is jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You taught your daughter to be independent and get a job. Mom, did you teach her to cook anything for her man one day? You know, men... That's the kind of woman they want. Look, I, I've got a wife who's very accomplished. Gymnast, almost an Olympic level gymnast. She was on the Canadian national team, full ride scholarship, business graduate. Dipped when I was out of work and we were desperate for money. Dipped back into the business world. Multiple job offers, outstanding ones immediately. That's great and I'm proud of her. Good, we needed it. Shoot, we needed it. We were hard up. What do I want from my wife? I want a friggin' warm meal when I get home. I want her to take care of my children, which she does wonderfully. Take care of me on occasion. I don't want a girl boss. And guess what, ladies? I don't care how much your mom, dad, society, commercials, whatever. I don't know how much. I don't care how much they've lied to you. Maybe, maybe taking care of a home is where you'll actually find happiness. But we don't do that. We tell them they have to look like the Instagram model who's all fake or it's all photoshopped. And we tell them, go out there into the business world and just thrive. And we, we pour drugs on them all the time now as kids. Immediately, we're going to the pharmaceutical industry. Well, my baby girl's having a hard time. I better pour a bunch of these mind-bending drugs into her. And then we look around, and we're shocked when these girls are so overwhelmed by everything that's happening around us that they're offing themselves. And that is just, man... As a parent, as a parent, look, I've got two boys, 12 and 14. These things cross my mind too. They cross my mind all the time. What is that moment like as a parent when you find your baby gone, having made the final ultimate decision and she's gone? What is that moment like? I don't want you to ever face that moment. 
I live in fear. Not not every minute, but when it crosses my mind, it it's not a great feeling inside. But we have decided as a society now that the men should look like women and talk like women and be in touch with their feelings and put on a dress or at least wear your man bun and put on your skinny jeans and be more sensitive, guys. We want you to cry. And we tell the exact opposite thing to women. No, don't take care of no man. What are you going to do? Cook him dinner and take care of his kids? What kind of a failure is a housewife? No, you got to go out there. Be your own girl boss. And then you guys can. You know what you should do? I love this one. You should split household duties 50-50 one day. Everything should be equal. That's freaking stupid. Not splitting household duties 50-50 with my wife. She does most of them. It's crazy. Boy. If she's not careful, she's going to end up staying happy. Girls, you're meant for something, not worse. You're meant for something more. More than the Instagram model. More than the mean girls in school who are ragging on you. By the way, they'll all be fat and ugly one day while you're happy. So just take heart in that. They all will. You're meant for something more. And I don't care how much of society, I don't care if the entirety of society decides that that square peg has to go in that round hole. You're meant for something more. And that's not putting you down if you've taken a different path in your life and you've chosen to be a career woman or whatnot. Good for you. That's fine. That's fine. But as a society, as a society as a whole, that's not turning into a bunch of happy women. The proof is in the pudding. It's turning into a miserable society. Let's wake up and talk about the tough stuff. And by the way, if it offends you, remember, I don't give a crap, but you're welcome to email me and let me know. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I'm not putting you down as you sit at your desk right now, working your job, making good money. Maybe you never found a good man. Lord knows they're hard to come by in this society. I'm not putting down the decisions you have made in your life. I'm putting down down our society's aim to turn women into men. They're not men. They never will be. And they won't find any happiness if they turn into men anyway. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Tuesday night. It's been a good night. It's been a good that that one felt spicy, Chris. That'll that'll make a mad. I'm gonna get to these emails. That just I, I did want to touch really briefly on the shooting from yesterday. Not on the shooting itself or the name of the shooter. I don't do mass shooting radio, as you know. I don't give out the name of the shooter. That stuff is not done. We do briefly talk uh, talk about the communists, though. Remember, the communist because he's an anti-human. It's important you understand why. He's an anti-human. When people die, whether it's a train derailment in Ohio or it's a mass shooting, whenever, whenever there's a tragedy, an earthquake in Turkey, you have a human response. You have a heart for other people. Oh, I feel bad for that mom. I feel bad for that dad, that sister, that brother, that son. I feel bad. Oh, what that must be like. Hey, what can we do? You have a heart for people. But because the communist never considers people at all, it's just not something that ever enters his mind. Everything, no matter how terrible it is, from a mass shooting to it could be the Titanic going down, no matter how terrible it is, the communist only ever sees opportunities for power. It's all an opportunity to reward your friends, punish your enemies, gain power for yourself. You woke up this morning, or maybe you saw it last night, active shooter, Michigan State, you're immediately thinking those poor parents. Oh, I couldn't imagine if I couldn't text my son or daughter. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. That's what you were doing. While you were doing that, Joe Biden and his team gathered together, and they were all, yeah, slapping high five. Why? 
Oh, shoot. It's a new mass shooting. Yeah, who cares about some dead kids? It's opportunity time, baby. Our hearts are with the students and the families of Michigan State University. Three lives have been lost and five seriously injured. And it's a family's worst nightmare. It's happening far too often in this country. Far too often. While we gather more information, there's one thing we do know to be true. We have to do something to stop gun violence ripping apart our communities. <laughs> ripping apart. We took a big step toward passing the most significant bipartisan gun legislation in 30 years. Ghost guns and other things, background checks, but there's a lot more work to do. And uh, I'm committing to getting it done with all of you. Some of you know I, that, uh, and I'm going to say something that's always controversial, but there is no rationale for assault weapons and magazines that hold 50, 70 bullets. Why throw that in? You're the president of the United States of America. Somebody's baby girl just died, gunned down. Sent her off to college, and she's never coming home again. As the president of the United States of America, why can't you just extend condolences, prayers, be with the family, maybe a phone call to dad to make it easier, maybe not. But he can't do it because he doesn't look at it the way you look at it. He looks at it as an opportunity because he's a communist and he's surrounded by communists. And because he's a communist, he's an anti-human. Because the human life, because the human soul has no value, no real inherent value. It's really just what you can give to the state, what you can give to the power, to the cause, to his cause. That's your only value as a human being. Because the human soul, the human body, the human mind is valueless to the communist, everything is an opportunity. That's, that's really how he looks at everything. All right, let's get, you know what, let's get out of it. I, I promised a bunch of emails. I haven't gotten to enough yet. Jesse, all the Medal of Honor winners you read about are all tough sons of beep. Are there any in the military today? I wanted to, I wanted to address this really quickly here. I talk a ton and will always talk a ton about the rot of the American military, about how our generals and our politicians have taken the greatest military in the world and they've rotted it down to nothing. They're melting it down to nothing in front of us, focusing on everything except for what actually matters with all kinds of crap like this. I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university, uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white. Ugh. Gosh, that's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. And it's also important you understand this. Part of the reason, a huge part of the reason why I'm so passionate about these things is this. I'm passionate about these things because there are amazing people who are still in right now and they're currently being surrounded by turds. Absolute turds who will cost them their lives. I care about the next Marine who's sent over to some combat zone, only instead of being surrounded by a bunch of pipe hitters 
who will not just die for him, they will kill for him several times over. Instead, he's surrounded by people who are worried about their pronouns, or he's surrounded by, maybe he's led by a platoon commander who they promoted her there because we have to have women. We wanted a woman. No, she wasn't the most qualified, but can we get a woman? And so she gets him and his entire platoon lost in a hostile area, and soon his parents are getting a knock at the door telling them he's not coming home anymore. I argue so loudly about the rot in our military because of the incredible people who are still in. Are there still people like that in the military today? You bet. Are their numbers going down? Yeah, they are. That's just the way it is. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I thought before we get back to the emails tonight, I thought it might be important to do a little, uh, maybe not quite such a great feeling update on the whole World War III thing. By the way, you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Just a few different things I thought I might want to bring up. So, headline, NORAD intercepts not one, not two, not three, but four Russian aircraft this time that have invaded Alaska's airspace. Just a heads up, we allowed one Chinese spy balloon to traverse from the Pacific to the Atlantic. And guess what happens? Now that you gave that mouse a cookie, he wants a glass of milk. They all are now testing our resolve. Okay, so now the Russians are sending it and the Chinese. Here's a second update on the old World War III thing. You know how the military's in a recruiting crisis, right? The truth is, well, obviously, many, many, many people from cities have served, served heroically and honorably. The truth is the bulk of the wars that have been won in this country and fought in this country have been won and fought by rural boys. That's just the bottom line. It's the Iowa farm boy in general who signs up. You can go look at all the percentages, look at the states, look at the numbers, Military has thrived on Southern recruitment and things like that. And they don't want to sign up for the U.S. of gay. They don't. They don't want to learn how to braid hair. They, don't, they, they want to go experience danger and adventure. And they want to see the world. And they want to feel like a tough guy. And they want to do things they look at in the movies. They don't want to go to a new seminar to find out how evil Whitey is. The military knows this. And yet the Army sees safety not wokeness as the top recruiting obstacle. So not only do we have a military recruiting crisis, the military has publicly announced their intention to do nothing about said military recruiting crisis. So that's only going to get worse. And keep in mind, as the recruiting crisis gets worse, they have to lower the standards of who they allow in the military. So while that rural southern boy from Mississippi who's spent his whole life deer hunting and can shoot the balls off a gnat at 200 yards... He's now no longer joining the military, so we don't get him, but you got to get somebody. Hey, let's get this half-brain-dead woke idiot. He'll serve. Give him a uniform. So they have to fill up the military with somebody, so the military gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And that brings me finally to this little tidbit a lot of people aren't considering. You know, you know the whole... Japan versus America thing in World War II. You know, there, there were many drivers to it. I don't want to oversimplify it, but you want to know one of the main drivers to the whole thing. Fuel. You see, 
we look at everything around us and we we take for granted, I know I do, we take for granted what makes it go. Like right now, right now just for instance, in front of my studio here, I'm looking, I have a microphone I'm talking into. There's uh, the soundboard, the great soundboard. Everyone knows about it. Uh, there's a camera there. There's a camera there. There's a camera there. We have cameras everywhere, TVs. I'm looking at a clock. There's air conditioning. I'm looking at all these things. And you know what hasn't really honestly occurred to me? These all need electricity. That if the electricity went out tomorrow, there's no Jesse Kelly show. Because I don't have any way to record it, broadcast it. It's gone. It's gone. Like that. Like that. All these things become useless. That TV becomes a big paperweight without electricity. You know, you know how all that military equipment we spend money on, do you know how valuable it is without fuel to get it to and fro? Worth nothing. Japan was running out of fuel. They built this huge navy. They didn't have the gas to power it. In fact, it's one of the things that doomed them in the end. They just didn't have the fuel to get things to and fro. Well, as the war drums for World War III gear up and the army continues to get full of the Rainbow Flag Brigade, probably worth noting, Joe Biden is selling off even more of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. You see, we still, we still believe that our military is probably the best in the world, and they probably are. They're certainly way, way up there. They probably are. The gap's obviously closing with other nations like China, but still the best in the world. But part of the reason we're the best in the world is all that equipment, all those wonderful tanks and things. Well, do you know what that Abrams tank is worth without gas? Nothing. It's nothing but a big, useless steel box that's only going to be utilized to burn a few troops alive in. That's the truth. So as the war drums beat, we continue to suck the petroleum, the strategic petroleum reserve dry. Well, that's not good, is it? Because at the outbreak of World War III, if you think China, Russia, the others, if you think they're not going to quickly clamp down on the fuel that gets into the United States of America, think again. That's honestly, that's, that's warfare 101, attacking supply lines. That's warfare 101. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Of course they're going to. Jesse, I have a theory. Please give me your thoughts. Since Biden did not do well on the first balloon, what do you think about the theory that the Democrats are launching all these other whatever and they're acting and blowing them up so we can't tell what they did so on. Look, whatever your theory is about the balloons and the things we're shooting down or the things we're not shooting down, whatever your theory is, I'm not arguing with you about any of them. Why? Because I don't believe anything I am told anymore ever. I assume at all times that the people who lead my society from the doctors to the judges to the politicians to the military to the FBI. I assume they're all lying to me at all times. They're all corrupt. They all think I'm the enemy. And that is now how I am going to operate and live my life until trust is earned back. I'm not going to ever give it back. They will extend a hand to me and earn my trust back 
or I will assume they are lying to me about everything at all times. And while I don't want you to be a cynical jerk like I am, I would recommend you adopt the same mindset because keep in mind over the past, oh, I don't know, six, seven years, probably longer, if you automatically assumed whatever the narrative was was an outright lie, you would have been right, oh, about 99.9% of the time. Why do you think, look, we joke about the Oracle thing. Why do you think I am right so often? Because I assume bad motives to these people and I assume they're lying about everything. And look at that. Turns out they are most of the time. You know what we need, Chris? We need this little reminder too, as long as we're doing a World War III update. I also want to remind you that it's not 1939 anymore. The people who will be voting on things, prosecuting this war, this is them. The... These are the people who will lead us into war the next time. You know, freedom is not free. Or should I play you the long version? And, and do you support a no-fly zone in Ukraine? I, I, I support everything that has to do with punishing Vladimir Putin and helping the Ukrainians. Wouldn't that mean direct conventional warfare with Russia? I don't know what it will mean, but you know, freedom is not free. So you don't know what a no-fly zone will I, mean? I, I, if you, I, I, you have to shoot down Russian planes, I mean... Of course! So a conventional course. war with Russia. Listen... Thank you. That's a United States Congresswoman. If there is, let's say, a declaration of war put before Congress, that human being, not you, not me, that human being will have a huge say on whether or not your son, your daughter, cross overseas and go fight in Beijing one day. Yeah. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, final segment of the Jesse Kelly Show. Super excited for a Valentine's Day night. <laughs> what, Chris? Anyway, no. Happy Valentine's Day to you from the Jesse Kelly Show family. I know there's nothing your Valentine would want more than to listen to the Jesse Kelly Show podcast, which can be downloaded on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. It's the most romantic thing in the world. Next to pre-ordering the Anti-Communist Manifesto at jessekellybook.com. Now, maybe you're sitting there saying, Jesse, I can't get my wife, I can't get my husband a, a, a book that's pre-ordered. They're not even going to send it till June. No, you don't understand. Guys, there's nothing she would love more than a card you got down at the pharmacy that has a receipt for the Anti-Communist Manifesto in it. She's going to open up that thing and say, you got me Jesse Kelly's new book. Oh, my heart be still. JesseKellyBook.com. All right. Shut up, Chris. The FBI doubles down on Christians and white supremacy in 2023. I brought this up earlier. I'm not going to spend any time on it. I want to get to headlines. There, there are other things on my mind. There are other things I want to get to. But I do want to get to this. This goes along the lines of what we've been talking about. It is obvious to anybody paying attention. The system, not just Hollywood, not just the music industry, the entire system, including your administrative state, which includes your DOJ and FBI, they've all been taken by communist activists now. They're going to and have already declared war on, American, on the American church. They have. They're coming for your pastor. That's what, what do you think that, what do you really think that 
ridiculous same-sex marriage bill was actually about that passed with, with like 18 Republican senators supporting. What did you th- what do you think all this idiotic legislation is actually about? Do you think it's actually about a couple gay people getting married? No. It's giving legal authority to the FBI to attack what they've always wanted to attack, the enemies of the Democratic Party. Democratic Party, very wisely, to their credit, they spend every minute rewarding their friends or punishing their enemies. They look through all their poll numbers and whatnot. Who's that big, gigantic voting block out there? They just won't sign up for baby murder. The white evangelicals, man. So, of course, they're going to take the power of having the FBI at their fingertips and they're going to send them after you. That's why each and every one of you low-T, lily-livered pastors out there who give sermon after sermon about, we don't do politics here, you're the ones who deserve it the most. I want you to know this. When the wolves come for your door, I'll laugh at you. Everyone else I'll probably have some level of sympathy for, but if you're a pastor right now who won't engage when the wolves are coming, you deserve what's coming to you. You do, and I'll laugh when the time comes. Dear great historian Jesse, you've shown your endless knowledge of history on your show. It's got me wondering if you've also dipped into mythology in your studies, especially with how much civilizations, myths, and legends often mold their culture. If you have, what's your favorite mythology to dip into and why? I don't probably have time to get into all that, but I will tell you, I actually really, really enjoy mythology. It's funny, my youngest is the same way now. Greek mythology in particular I used to nerd out on that by the hour when I was a kid. My kid is into it now. And so now he'll read Greek mythology books and stuff like that. I know what a nerd. But then he comes to me and says, Dad, about this story about Prometheus or something like that. And I know the stories with him. And we're sitting there nerding out. And then you look over and the wife has this look on her face like, what a couple of dorks, which isn't very nice, right? It isn't very I can't help it that I carry around this huge brain. And now, here's a headline. By the, go, you know the, you know the thing. Headlines we didn't get to. New York City pedestrians slashed in an unprovoked box cutter attack. Sorry to once again sound cold, but tell me the person who got slashed. Tell me who they voted for before I tell you how much I care. You went out and voted Democrat again. That's what we New Yorkers do. Then I don't care. Report. Experimental chat GPT artificial intelligence program turned into a left-wing nut when asked to act as a member of Congress. Remember something. Remember something. I expect you to know what chat GPT is, mainly because I have no idea. It's some artificial intelligence. It's way beyond my capability of understanding. But all the new technology that's going to come out in the coming years. It's all going to be billed as something. They're going to use this as a technique, the communists is. We're actually going to talk about this. To open the show tomorrow, I'm going to talk about this. The new technology is going to be used as the communist, as something that will be able to determine, you know, just right from wrong. It's not a Republican or Democrat. It's just, look, it's just a computer. They can't make mistakes. Except it's going to be all communists who build the computers. And it's going to be all communists who build the programs. So, miraculously, the people who build it are going to turn out good in the end. You, eh, not so much. I wonder what chat GPT thinks about your text message history, especially when it comes to politics. Huh? Ohio residents hit by headaches and sickness after a train derailment. The stories in Ohio 
continue to get worse and worse and worse. The cover-up appears to continue to get worse and worse and worse. I only brought this up because I wanted to remind you, keep keep praying for the good people of Ohio right now. They need it. Ford to move forward with $3.5 billion electric battery plant with Chinese company. It, It really is. It is something else to watch China get stupid rich off America's insane going green movement, which is going to destroy us all, all while China's not really taking part in it at all. China's just, oh, no, going green. No, you guys should do that. We'll build you some solar panels. Anyway, guys, where are our coal plants? Are they online yet? Gosh, it's something else. Mars Wrigley factory find after two workers fall into a vat of chocolate and had to be rescued. I'm glad they were rescued. Every now and then you'll hear one of these stories of some guy falling into some molten metal vat or molten oatmeal or whatever the case may be. And I don't know why, because I don't work around these vats at all, but these stories always scare me because it sounds like the worst thing in the history of mankind to just slowly boil alive in a gigantic vat of chocolate. I can't think of anyone in the world who would prefer that except for maybe Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg. CDC adds COVID vaccine to the routine immunization schedule for kids and adults. Yeah. A lot of people in our government have to go to prison. It's just not going to work unless they do. All right. Chin up. See you tomorrow. That's all.